You're listening to The Big Show with Russick and Rose on the official home of your Calgary Flames, Sportsnet 960 The Fan. It's Wednesday. It's The Big Show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960 The Fan, live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Uh, at the bottom of the hour, fun stuff. Your chance to win Nickelback tickets June 25th down at the Dome. Serious topic today on The Big Show. Very serious, even though most of you want to text us about your favorite dad beer. Well, we want to hear that too, 960-960. Uh, the best dad beer. Um, because there's some there's some good ones out there. Yeah. Like Labatt Blue, to me, screams dad beer. Mm-hmm. What was your answer? Mine was Trad, which is a bit of a local one. But we've seen all sorts of uh, other recommendations. Patrick said Lucky. Old Mill getting some love. Yep. The beer with the babe. Yep. Back in the day, at least. Sure. Best dad beer, 960-960. So your chance to win the Nickelback tickets is this. You tell us who the most important flame is and why. You got to attach your name and location. You win Nickelback tickets. Our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, Texty McTexterson's all looped up today for another... Um, He's ready to read your text at 7.30. And I think we'll mix in some calls because Excellent. A, you have a better chance to win if you call in, and B, some of our texters hate the calls. Yeah. So it just makes me want to make to do calls sometimes. Yeah, I know. You, but, no, like but, the... but no, but that our listeners, you got to give them credit. They actually get there and call and go, hey, I'm going to get on the radio and I'm going to give you our take. I like that. Yeah, I'm totally there with I like you. participation. I yeah. I love it. And this week, we've had some good and we've had some bad on the phone. Sure. But hey, sure, they've been cringy. But I love awkward. Every time you throw the fishing like, rod in the water, you're not going to come up with like a big fish. Ninety-five okay? percent so, of our show is cringy, so oh, you might yeah, as well a, like do it with the with the callers. That's a great point. Um, the Oscar noms came out yesterday, and the Baseball Hall of Fame. What a perfect guest to have on next on the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline from MLB and NHL Network, the Cinephile Podcast. We say good morning to Adnan Burke. Adnan, how are you? George, Maddie, great to be with you guys. At my former job at ESPN, whenever we would do radio, one time I asked one of the hosts, because I was always filling in, I said, how can we never take calls? And Ryan Marcello kind of fixed me with his glare and said, why? And I said, uh, I don't know. I just, uh, whenever I listen to radio, they kind of take calls. And he said, how would they know more than me? <laughs> I said, All right, fair enough. So in national radio, at least he's going to go never take calls. But to your point, George, I'm like, you got to kind of read the room. If the calls coming in are good and coaching and intelligent, good. And if it's bad, well, let's just dump it, right? Yeah, exactly. Like, this is for a contest, so people are, are eager to call in. Like, uh, again, I didn't open up the phone lines to get, you know, your favorite dad beer, but, but the text line, <laughs> like, what, add in, when I say dad beer to you, what beer pops into your head? Moosehead? Is that, is that, is that one that, that okay. qualifies? Certainly. Yeah. All right. A hundred percent. Moosehead has definitely dad beer vibes. Because uh, it came in a bottle. And I know you're Canadian, but you live in the United States now. What is a United States dad beer? I think it's got to be Coors Light. Whenever okay. I hear the guys at the office, like, man, I can use a couple of Coors Lights right now. I'm like, right, I think, I don't think that's a cool beer. I think that's a dad beer. <laughs> okay. And, that, and that's, and by the way, and that's the key, right? It's like a dad beer. But we, whenever someone says dad, when they have that prefix, it's generally not positive, right? Dad bod, not yeah. positive. That's well, a dad joke, not yeah, positive. You're right. So by that very connotation, a dad beer is not, oh, my God, that's awesome. So I'm going to go with a Coors Light. Like Tom Brady runs like a dad when you see him out on the football field. 
<laughs> he does. You're not saying he runs like a gazelle. Like, no, he, no runs like he runs like a dad. He runs like a granddad. Yeah, it's not like you're watching Justin Jefferson. You're, you're watching Tom Brady. He runs like a dad. There's a big difference. Um, 100%. want to ask you about the Baseball Hall of Fame. Could I just give you my quick little rant about the Baseball Hall of Fame? Please. Uh, why do the writers who vote for this pretend like they're the beacon of morality and they're what's right in the world? Like... None of these people, apparently Adnan, live the most perfect, pristine lives and have made no, no mistakes in their lives and are the best people on the planet because that's how they kind of want to, and that's what they do when they, when they do this voting process because it's ridiculous. Like, I get, you know, the process, but guys like Bonds aren't in, Clement, they should all be in the Hall of Fame. Like, it's just, it's so, I don't know why I get mad about it every year because I just, I'm just tired of the writers pretending like they're holier than thou, Adnan. Yeah, and it, <clears throat> that's the key is the latter part there, George, says like, well, you guys covered all this stuff. Like, this isn't like a separate governing body who's now coming in and saying, hey, we were unaware that there was performance-dancing drugs dominating the game in the 90s. Therefore, it is our judgment these guys should not be rewarded. As you said, the writers, these guys covered the game. They covered the sport. Like, at no point did anyone know, so they were completely oblivious to what was happening. And or they did know and were complicit because they didn't want to report it because that would damage their relationship with the players, with Major League Baseball, et cetera. The bottom line is those that were covering it knew it was happening or didn't know and yet now have chosen to retroactively punish those that apparently were using. It's a really bizarre concept, yeah. especially if you're not a baseball fan, right? If you just walk in and go, oh, since the Hall of Fame, these are the best players ever, right? And you ask anybody that knows anything, you go, Oh, Barry Bonds is incredible. He's probably the best hitter I've ever seen in my life and ever will see. Clemens is probably the best pitcher I've ever seen in my life and ever will see. But they're not in? Well, no, they use steroids. But not, not didn't officially fail test. Any reasonable person knows they use. Oh, okay. But they're still not in. Right, but we don't, it wasn't regulated. No, we don't have any other people use. No, but these guys are pretty sure. Huh. Interesting right. that you're choosing them and not others. And that's where it gets tricky, right? Because there's names you look at and you go, hey, Bagwell, was, there was whispers. Piazza, there was whispers. Those guys hmm. are in. So it's really, really tough to be big able to poppy. separate and differentiate. Right, Big Poppy. Big Poppy's the one I go, hang on a second, guys. He failed the test, which was supposed to be anonymous. And then kind of like OJ's like, I'm going to spend the rest of my days finding out what happened. I'm like, well, we all know. Yeah. You got popped. It wasn't supposed to be leaked. Okay, I get that. Yeah. But you still, you still test positive. You, you were washed up with the twins and then became the greatest clutch hitter ever. Like, just live with it. So it's, yeah. what's always crazy, George, is when you see the vote total, as we did yesterday, and I was pretty convinced no one was going to get in. I was doing the, the post-game post game show, so to speak, for Hall of Fame last night, 7 on LB Network. And I go, we're going to do a show just talking about Fred McGriff. These guys aren't getting in. But Scott Rowland got in by five votes. Todd Helton missed by 11 votes. And Billy Wagner by 27. And I say those names, you go, all, right, all really good players. But when you look at that full list, to your point, Alex Rodriguez moved 1% to 41. Manny Ramirez is like 46%. You go, anybody who knows anything knows. Those guys are incredible players. Yeah, absolutely. I just don't like that personal bias gets involved in the voting, too. Like, it doesn't matter if that guy was a jerk to you. It's what he did in his career. And I keep going back to Ty Cobb. Ty Cobb killed somebody, Hmm. allegedly in self-defense, Adnan. But he killed somebody, and he's in the Hall of Fame. Like, I just, it drives me bananas. I wanted to ask you this about Scott Rowland. When you watch Scott Mm. Rowland as a player, did you ever think he was a Hall of Famer? I didn't, and that's why, again, you have to end up talking yourself into arguments with these guys, and I like the small hall. I'm the guy that just goes, hey, when you saw him, was he a Hall of Famer yesterday? And if you just start to pause 
or dither or say, let me look up a couple of stats. And I'm like, but he probably isn't. Now, you can talk yourself into it, and I get it. It's a better Hall of Fame when there's actually something to announce. If it was just Fred McGriff, I get it. It's not as cool as saying, here's Scott Rowland, too. But when I looked at his numbers overall, I go, okay, eight-time All-Star, you know, well, won a World Series, but never won an MVP, right? Was never, the, was never the best player, arguably, on his team. Played an outstanding defense. I get that. And I think what ends up happening is, George, you, you look at the, the ballot and go, okay, there's no real clear-cut guy. So he is beneficiary of the fact there's no real consensus. He's inching closer. And the argument that started to be made was this. Third baseman, there was only 17 to 270 in the hall, now 18. That's 6%. That's the most underrepresented position in the game. So there's this thought process that third basemen have been underappreciated, and maybe Scott Rowland is among them. But in answer to your original question, when I saw him, when the Blue Jays got him, I mean, I interviewed him. I never thought to myself, I'm interviewing a future Hall of Famer. Great defense, excellent here for a long time, but didn't think he was elite. But sometimes the numbers go your way. Took him six cracks, and now he's in. You? Yeah, I, I just, I, again, like I, to me, he was like all these guys you see incredible third baseman defensively now. Obviously, Matt Chapman's the guy you look at and you're like, wow, what Nolan Arenado. But it was Scott Rowland before yeah. all of those guys who was so incredible mm-hmm. at the hot corner. And and you're right. Like I, I watched him play. I watched him as a Blue Jay, as you did. And I'm like, yeah, this guy's really good. And obviously, he got he got the Blue Jays, Edwin Encarnacion, which worked out really well. But just watching that guy, like that guy, I just never felt like. He was a Hall of Famer. We're watching guys in baseball right now who are absolutely slam dunk Hall of Fame players. There's no question. Shohei Otani might play like eight years in Major League Baseball, and the dude's a slam dunk Hall of Fame player. But when I watch Scott Rowland, yeah. you're right. Like I was never like, wow, that guy's for sure getting into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and when I look at the other guys, like Todd Held was when like the jumps these guys made were huge. He went from like 52 percent to 72 percent. If you get that close. You're going to get in. And Todd yeah. Allen's a guy. Again, I'll throw it to you. I never said to myself, that guy's a future Hall of Famer. And again, it's, I've come around the whole course field bias. Like, I looked at the numbers and I go, okay, yeah. like, there's, now there's, and the Larry Walker admission, which we love, of course, helps right. because you say, all right, yes, course field improved, but the altitude impacts your durability. It's a tough place to play. Like, eventually you say, hey, the guy was incredible at course, but still really good elsewhere, and it's not the easiest place to play. Okay, fine. Helton was a guy that matched. Sure. But again, I test alone. If you said to me, Todd Helton, Hall of Famer, I'm like, yeah, great hitter. You know, whatever. Three gold gloves, five, uh, I think he was a batting champion once. He had a 316 lifetime batting average, 416 lifetime on base. Well, those are great numbers. But to me, I just wouldn't think Hall of Fame. But he's going to get in next year. Yeah, now, it- Billy Wagner's one. I did think it was all fame. When I would watch him, I'd go, that guy's sick. Like he's an elite closer. Yeah. And you look at his numbers, he's second only to Rivera in like every major stat, ERA, strikeout per nine, fifth, all that stuff. So Wagner's a guy who will get in 27 votes shot, and I think should. A little bit underappreciated, these closers, because they've gone so much against the closure. But I'm like, if you're elite, you should still get in. Like, K-Run only got 10%, so that's going to take some time. And though, sorry, last one on Roland. What's amazing is this, his first uh, time on the ballot, 10.2%. That's the lowest mark ever for a guy who then got voted in the Hall of Fame. So there's just been this huge jump for Scott Rule in the last few years. Um, just Ed Anvark joining us from uh, MLB, NHL Network, Cinephile Podcast, and the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline, Big Show, Ruskin Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan. The fact that Alex Rodriguez is not in the Hall of Fame is also ridiculous. Like, even throw out, and you know what I do? Like, again, A-Rod's very polarizing. Like him or hate him. The guy's kind of hard to like, and he just wants to be liked. Like, even I get yeah. kind of like Novak Djokovic vibes, and I love Novak Djokovic, but he tries too hard for people <laughs> to like him. Like, that's what it is. Yeah. Like, that's what I find with Alex Rodriguez. He wants people to like him, but you're a bit of a jerk, Alex, and that's fine. 
Like even before he, after he signed that monster deal with the Rangers where he said he wanted to live up to the expectations and then went to a specific gym and got a fanny pack and then did what he had to do with the needles, uh, he was incredible yeah. for the Seattle Mariners. Adnan, he was already like a borderline Hall of Fame player already with Seattle. Like Barry Bonds before his head grew like a, a full size and he grew an inch in his 30s, which I think Matty Rose is looking forward to in his 30s to grow an inch like Barry Bonds. Wait, you can do that? Yeah. Uh, if you take a lot of juice, you can. Oh. Um, he was already a Hall of Fame player. Like Roger Clemens. Like this, this, the argument keeps going on and on and on here. And who knows how many guys were using against these guys who just weren't Hall of Fame players and were still using steroids. Like, it's so frustrating. Just put all of these guys in the hall because their numbers are just too damn good not to be there. Like, just just look at the season Barry Bonds had where he hit his 73 home runs. Just look at his on base. Just based on his on base, he should be in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and I, I'm a big fan of the theory of what did they do prior to a legend. Yes. So with A-Rod, it's tough, right? Because with A-Rod, you go, well, he may have juiced the whole time. Okay, fine, so I'm not sure. But Clemens was a three-time signing award winner before he allegedly juiced, and we all think he did. Bonds, three-time MVP before the cream and the clear appear. So I'm like, wait, there's not very many three-time signing award winners, three-time MVPs. If they are, they're all in the Hall of Fame. So the A-Rod one, I'm like, okay, I guess if you're like, well, I was cheating in his mind the whole time, and you want to argue it, okay. But, like, the Bonds and Clemens, I always had a tough time really swallowing it. And it goes back, as you said, the arbitrary feeling. Because these guys are surly and prickly and irascible and defensive and combative and weren't nice to writers, like, yeah, screw that guy. Like, but like, like Jeff Kent's another one. Like, Jeff Kent is, like, at 46%. Now, I don't, again, don't think Jeff Kent's a Hall of Famer, but he's the most home runs ever by a second baseman at his position. And he can't even get half of the people that think he's a Hall of Famer. Like, some of that goes to his personality. Like, Jeff Kent wasn't a particularly likable guy. Mm-hmm. I don't think teammates particularly liked him. Like, the joke was in the Giants, there was 23 cabs and then one cab for Bonds and one cab for Kent. So, <laughs> it just, it's just, it's, it's such a subjective process. Listen, I just love the fact when a guy gets one vote. And that happened yesterday for R.A. Dickey, former Blue Jay. And I said to Ron Darling, I said, and Ronnie's written like three best selling books. I go, hey, one thing we give R.A. Dickey. He wrote a hell of a book. Wherever I wind up is like one of the great books in the last 20 years, if you like reading sports reading. And it's a cool story, the knuckleball, whatever. So, like, one guy's like, hey, you know what? I just like R.A. Dickey. Guy want to sell you and get those knuckleball. Let me throw him a vote. But sometimes it happens where it's just laughable. B.J. Surhoff, I asked the guy, he goes, oh, I covered B.J. Surhoff when he was a kid. And I said, if you ever make, if you ever make the majors, I'll vote for you for the Hall of Fame. Like, it's ridiculous. B.J. Surhoff. <laughs> <laughs> Seems legit. Yeah. Um, Adnan, I want to move away from that for a moment as well. Uh, a couple of big football games coming up this weekend. The Eagles going to be a part of one of them. Um, do they actually throw batteries at the link? <laughs> That's only the, from Veterans Stadium. I think once they went to the link, they go, okay, mm. we're going to clean this up a little bit. But, but there's no doubt it's a hostile place to play, and it's one of the reasons why I think Philly wins. It's interesting, Maddie, because San Francisco has been so good for so long. And if that was a real slugfest against the Cowboys, if that was a dogfight type of game at home, not much offense, they win. Now, I don't think in a vacuum you can say, well, the Eagles just blew the doors off the Giants and the Niners gutted it out against the Cowboys, therefore Eagles win easily. But I will say if the Eagles play that well, they're going to win the game. Like their, their offense was rolling, and that's where the key matchup is going to be, obviously, Eagles offense, Niners defense. Because when you have so many options with A.J. Brown and Dallas Goddard, and Miles Sanders of the backfield, and you know they can do just many different things. Now the Niners' defense, number one defense in football. Look at all those numbers and Bosa and Fred Warner and all the rest of it. So I think if you know if there's a couple of turnovers, then San Francisco that will play into their hands. But I, I, don't, I can't see like Brock Purdy putting up 28 points 
Like if the Niners mm-hmm. win, it's got to be low scoring. And again, they got to hope that Philly gives them turns the ball over, whether it's Hurts or Sanders or whoever. But I think if Philly plays their game that way, they're not going to lose. And I know the line's minus two and a half. I get it. San Francisco's a really good team, but Philly's a better team to me, more talented on paper. And I mean, the G-men they just got they just got overrun. Joe Burrow and the Bengals go into Burrowhead uh, to face uh, Pat Mahomes on one leg <laughs> on Sunday as well. What Burrowhead. do you see in the I other uh, the other conference championship? Well, how about if you hadn't really followed what happened in the weekend games? And again, I'm not a gambler, but I do like to check the lines because they know a lot more than everybody else. And you say, wow, the Chiefs are the underdogs. <laughs> That's crazy. You go, wow. So the Chiefs are not the better team, at least on paper. That's how good Burrow and the Bengals look against the Bills. And those are the concerns about Mahomes after he suffers the high ankle sprain. So I would still think, to me, KC should be favored. But I, I find that illuminating that this is how good the Bengals look. How much people yeah. are enamored of Burrow and Chase. And, of course, he's been in the Super Bowl before. It's like he hasn't done it before, so it could happen. But it, it really does feel like a toss-up. And maybe I'm just being sentimental, saying, well, I wouldn't bet against Mahomes and Reed, and maybe the better pick is the Bengals right now. It's not just a trendier pick. They are the better team after what they did against the Bills, particularly early in that game. Like, Buffalo just shoot themselves in the foot and out too many turnovers. But I think it's a toss-up. But I, I would still, if I had to bet, we'd go with the Chiefs. But – the Bengals, it's a pretty cool story to think. Such a moribund franchise yeah. could be in the Super Bowl a couple of times. Like, like that wasn't just a flash of the fans. This could be two, yeah. three, four appearances in the Super Bowl, and maybe they win one. It's a pretty cool story. Which, which is unbelievable. Um, the Bengals winning a Super Bowl would be absolutely mind-blowing. Um, Adnan, uh, real quick, too. Uh, you talk about, well, Vegas knows, right? That line jumped from uh, one and a half to two. They Two and a half, they know what's mm-hmm. going on with Patrick Mahomes right. and his high ankle sprain. Um, yesterday, wanted it, the perfect timing to have you on here. It's always the perfect time to have you on, but the perfect time to have you on is the Academy Award nominations uh, went down yesterday. Uh, best picture, um, Avatar, The Way of Water came out, all right, uh, Canadian. Elvis was out there. Mm-hmm. Uh, everything, everywhere, all at once. Great. And the one I wanted to ask you about, Top Gun Maverick. What happened to the Academy here? A blockbuster movie getting Oscar noms. When you watched Top Gun Maverick, did you say, best picture, here we go? Exactly. This goes back to the Scott Rowland argument. I never said to myself, this is the best picture. Now, I <laughs> But it was good. It's, it's the Scott Rowland of best picture nominees. Yes. Now, I think what ends up happening is this. As you said, okay, entertaining movie. Certainly very nostalgic, right? Technical uh, achievement, I, I'm totally on board with the nominations for sound or visual effects, stuff like that. The fact that Tom Cruise was in the talk for a Best Actor nomination, I'm like, are you kidding? Just for, just for grinning and smiling and drinking vampire's blood and somehow looking 30 years younger than he is? Like, what? like, that's not a Best Actor nomination. And I get it. Sometimes people think they lean too much towards independent movies or movies nobody watches. But, like, you can't give Cruise a nomination. The fact he was even in the mix is funny. But they're like, okay, we'll give the technical categories. How about this? Except they ignore them in cinematography, which I would think a movie like that, you know, it really looked good visually. Yep. But they got nominated for adapted screenplay. So you're telling me the cinematography was like, meh, but I love the dialogue. Like the way they recreated <laughs> Goose's kid. I mean, that is, that is the stuff that writers dream of writing. An Oscar-nominated script for Top Gun Maverick is baffling. And as for the best picture nod, George, it feels like, hey, this was the movie that really did get people back in theaters. It was a massive hit. And like yeah. I said, it's a nostalgia trip. So they go, you know what? It's a big, noisy movie. We get Tom and E's right now. Fine, let's go for it. As you know, I don't believe it's going to win. And I think it's laughable it's even in the mix. But, hey, want a big popcorn movie? There you go. So there's 10 nominees for this. And, and George mentioned the four, Avatar, Everything Everywhere All at Once, uh, Elvis, and then, of course, Top Gun. 
I don't have a lot of time. If I had to watch one of the other six, which one should it be? Because there, there's some ones yeah. that pretty critically acclaimed. No, it's a great point, Matty. That's what happens, right? A lot of people say, okay, I've seen a few. Now I'd like to get my homework done and finish it before March 12th, but I only have so much time, only so much bandwidth that we've discussed. So I would say if somebody goes, hey, I haven't watched anything, what should I watch? What's actually going to win? Everything, everywhere, all at once is the favorite right now mm-hmm. to win for picture. I think it's the favorite for the duels. It's two guys, the Daniels for director. I think Michelle Yo Cape Blanchett's the best race. I mean, literally a coin flip for best actress. Blanchett may be a hair ahead for Tar, which every critic has loved. I personally found sluggish and a little bland. I didn't really like any of the characters. Or it's going to be Michelle Yeoh. Supporting actors, a lock, Kihui Kwan, who played Indiana Jones in the Temple of Doom. Maybe he's a child actor with Spielberg. Didn't act for decades, and he has been giving every great speech at the Golden Globes and Critics' Choice as he's winning everything. So I think everything ever all at once where you should start. 11 nominations. That's a front runner. I had it as number four on my top ten. My favorite film leader is The Banshees of Inna Sharon. That did great as well. It's up for Best Picture, Director, Screenplay. I believe it wins for Screenplay. Colin Farrell, very good chance at winning for Best Actor. They've got two other actors nominated for Supporting, and then Carrie Connors up for Supporting Actress. She's got a good chance against Angela Bassett. Bassett is trying to be the first mm-hmm. actress ever to win for appearing in a Marvel movie as an actor to win an Oscar. So I think if you don't have much time, you go, hey, man, I'm going to knock out everything ever all at once. Banshee's of Inner Sharon, and you'll at least see some of the winners that night. If you want to go a little more, maybe Fableman's for Spielberg. Although I think that's more like an old Academy type best picture winner. The new Academy is going with these younger, more diverse, more vibrant films. Um, how much is uh, Top Gun Maverick upper best picture for people to watch the broadcast because the ratings continue to go down and down every year? It's a great point, George. Every time they go, how are we going to fix the Oscars? Remember there was talk about giving an Oscar to most popular movie. And then there was this out, like, outcry, like, well, wait, if we're just going by box office, what, what are we doing? It's just supposed to be rewarding excellence, not necessarily the ones that make the most money. Right. But I'm with you. I've always said, well, if you just want to get more ratings, then just nominate the Marvel movies. Like, just do it that way. Like, those are the movies that everybody watches. So nominate all the Marvel movies and take all those actors. And, like, you figure it out. Like, do you want to reward the best movies in your view? Or do you want ratings? Or do you want a combination of both? And it feels like the latter here, as you said. Let's just throw Top Gun Maverick in there. Avatar is going to make $2 billion. Like everyone else seeing these movies. Black Panther does not get a Best Picture nomination, but as I mentioned, the other categories. So, yeah, it feels like, hey, you're looking at a few more viewers. It, it really is shocking when you look at the ratings. Like when Billy Crystal was hosting, they get like 40 million people watching the Oscars. And last year was like, I don't know, 12, 15 million. Like yeah. it's, I, I know it's a different world, but it's crazy how the numbers yeah. have gone down. Can, can I give you a real quick prediction before I let you go? Sure. The easiest slam dunk prediction of all. Will Smith and Chris Rock will be mm-hmm. on the stage together giving away something. Wow. Okay. I mean, I, 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 I see it because you're like, oh, my God, it'd be a great moment. Get everyone talking again. Mm-hmm. But I, I wonder if Chris is ready to turn the page just yet. Mm-hmm. What helps your theory is that he hasn't taken the shot. Like For all this time we've been waiting, right? He appeared on stage. He's going to address it. He hasn't. So as he softened and said, okay, I'm not going to blast this guy back. Let's figure this out. Or is he waiting for that moment? I mean, as you said, it's been a year now. That's yeah. not a, oh, I, don't, I don't know if I'm quite there, but as, you're, as I'm saying it, you're kind of talking me into it. Or, or they wait for the uh, 100th edition of the Oscars in five <laughs> years to bust that out. I don't know. <laughs> Maybe. When they really need that ratings boost. They're back. They really need it. Like, they really need it. What do you think the yeah. odds that I can find on that are? Hmm. You can bet on the Oscars. Oh, yeah. I know you can bet on the Oscars. Oscars. Oh, yeah. I'm telling you. Um, Adnan Verk, MLB and NHL Network host, Cinephile Podcast, and the Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar guest hotline. Adnan, always terrific stuff. We'll talk soon, pal. Thanks.
George, Matty, thank you. George, I know you love Djokovic. Good luck down under. The guy no, looks like he's unstoppable. He's, it, it, this is just. He's not he's even inevitable. worried, man. He's, this is inevitable. Yeah, it's, you know what, Adnan? I was thinking about real quick, too. I was thinking about it. I think he can win the next three. Yeah, if I mean, Nadal doesn't play know, the French, still, he's the best French. He's the best clay court player. He's the second best clay court player on the planet. There's no doubt he's right. the best grass court player. That's not even up for debate. So I think he can win the mm-hmm. next three, depending on Nadal's hip. Yeah, and I always feel like this is it for Nadal anyways. Like, I'm with you. I'm like, I think he wants yeah. to get one more French, but I can't see him playing past this year. Although Nadal feels like the guy, I don't mean the sarcastic, like he's going to be a cripple before he stops playing. Like, he'll just be literally like, an amputee. Yeah. But I can still do it. It's fine. But, but again, I think this has to be the final year for Nadal. And you're right. For Jokic, who's, who's got Alcaraz, Pass? I don't see it. Again, I, I know you think Federer is the greatest, but the numbers yeah. will bear out that my boyfriend is the greatest of all time, and I don't think it's well, up for debate. <laughs> Let's say if Djokovic gets to like twenty-five slams and make it like thirty slams, then you're right. My argument is, uh, well, he is holding about as much weight as a dad beer. Yeah. Okay. Right. Wait. See, that's why you're such a pro. You brought it back to the dad beer Full right circle. at the end of the year. Such a stud. Adnan, we'll talk to you soon. Thanks. Thanks, boys. Take care. Take care. Uh, there's Adnan Verk brought to you by Atlas Pizza and Sports Bar, using the same secret recipe since 1975. Dining at 6060 Memorial Drive Northeast. Takeout or delivery: 403-248-33. 44. Real quick, the movie um, Everything, Everywhere, All at Once. It's awesome. Um, I went to see it with the current girlfriend uh-huh. back in the summer. And I probably had one of my worst movie experiences ever. I like to go to the movies. Okay. Like, I know, like, there's a lot of people who just want to stay home and don't. I like the experience of going to the movies. I like sitting in the theater. Yep. I like getting the popcorn. I like going to the movies. It's a night out. Me too. I'm a fan. Sure. I like it. Sign me up. Um, right on the next row behind my current girlfriend and I, there was a uh, a pair of gentlemen sitting there. Uh-huh. And the one guy was just laughing. He was literally LOLing the entire movie. Like, ah, that's funny. Oh. oh, my God. Oh, no. Like the whole movie. And I'm like, this is not enjoyable right now. You're not at home. Like, and and my current girlfriend and I had the conversation in the car on the way home. Somebody in their life needs to tell them that next time we go to the movies together, you can't be doing this anymore. Yeah. You're ruining it for not only me, but everybody else in the theater. Uh, I love my mom to death. God bless her. She's just the best. But she she can be a bit of a movie talker sometimes. And I've, I've had to be like, hey, when we're in there today, nothing. Okay. It's, Do you use a stern voice with her? Yeah. Well, you have to. Okay. Because you mean business. Well... She's a teacher, former teacher. Yeah. So if you don't do it with some sort of authority, it's just in one ear and out the other. Like okay. like kids. See ya. Right? Yeah. Um, it, so every time I, I see that movie, I just think of the terrible movie experience I had. So the first time that I was watching that film, uh, I was about 45 minutes into it, watching it at home. And then uh, Matthew Kachuk got traded to the Florida Panthers. And that was, what, 10 o'clock on a Friday night, something like that. So then I spent the next hour and a half on Twitter, and I looked up for the final couple scenes of the film, and there were portals, and the characters yeah, I, looked drastically again, different. And it I might went, win Best hmm. Picture. I just wasn't a big fan of that movie. You didn't like it? I Again, I maybe if I watched it again, because I don't have the guy going, oh my god, the whole time, mm-hmm. it would be probably better, but I, I would not go out of my way to watch it again. Maybe a triangle of sadness is something I need to watch. Yeah. That sounds uplifting. 
or Tar. Yeah, I don't know what Tar is, but Top Gun Maverick was fun. The Banshees of Inisherin came up in the like, in the home with if, my better half yesterday. If you don't, if you watch the first even two minutes of Top Gun, mm-hmm. and when they have Danger Zone playing and those aircraft carriers are shooting like flying off the thing, if you if that doesn't get your pulse racing, like I don't know, you're not alive. Like it's. The best I, I, two minutes of a movie. I've said this before. It might not have been the best movie all year, but it might have been the funnest movie That's I, right. I watched. Absolutely. Especially being in theater for it and like the sound and everything. Mm-hmm. And Adnan brings up such a good point too. Like, how are you nominated not for cinematography, yeah, beautiful. Yeah. but for your script? Because like, the visuals are incredible. Incredible. And the script, you're like, this is. Yeah. Like, can we just get them back in the planes, yeah, please? Awesome. <laughs> can we um, get them out of the bar and back onto the planes? You know what else is fun? What else? Giving away Nickelback tickets. Wow, what a segue. We'll do that straight ahead. Um, who is the most important Calgary Flame to you and why? If you sell us here, 960-960, name and location, you'll win a pair of tickets to Nickelback on June 25th. Or give us a call, 403-240-4444. Like we say on this show, you call in, you got to you got a better chance of winning the tickets. And you're going to want to text in like now because Texty McTexterson likes to practice a couple of times yeah, before. He, he likes to make sure he gets your air. name right, yes, your city right. No mispronunciations. So yeah. get those in now. Don't sit on your hands. Let's go. 960, 960, name and location. 403-240-4444. You winning tickets next. Big Show, Russick and Rose. Sportsnet 960, the fan. It's the Big Show. It's Wednesday. Sportsnet 960, the fan live from Doug Lacey's Basement Systems downtown studio. Serving Calgary and Southern Alberta since 1992. They got you covered for everything basement tea. The top of the next hour, Brendan Parker, Flames TV host, will join us. Parks. Flames poker tournament yesterday. Yes, sir. We'll get the deets on that. Who won? Yeah, I, I want to know. Apparently, Negreanu had a great time. Okay, sorry, 8.15. My bad. Thank you, Alex. 8.15 for Brendan Parker. Point still stands. Negreanu had a good time. Yeah, because he's a professional poker player. Yeah. And he's really good at poker. Yeah, I think he cleaned up. Yeah, uh, Brendan Parker, uh, 8.15, and then Sam Cosentino, NHL and CHL analyst. It's a top prospects game tonight in Langley. Yeah, there's some uh, players to keep an eye on. You want some local content? Obviously, Connor Bedard will be there. Uh, Calgary product and Moose Jaw Warriors netminder Jackson Unger. So let's say Connor Bedard goes out there, is like a minus six and barely skates. Second round. He's still going number one. It no, doesn't matter. Like, no, why is he even there? The second round. Like, why is he even there? I think he's there so that you can maybe see how some of the other kids play okay. against him. All right. If anything. It's like, like, I, I like, like his chances. The There's a lot of GMs that show up at this game, and I don't think a lot of them are there to watch what Connor Bedard does. Okay, that's a fair point. I think that you got the idea at the World Juniors. You're like, okay, this guy's number one. That's, yeah, that's there's fine. no question. But uh, how are the guys like Kalen Lind from the Red Deer Rebels or uh, Red Deer Native, Nate Danielson? How are guys like that who sure. are maybe mid to late first rounders? And, and we'll ask Sam Cosentino, uh, what's, uh, what's a dad beer? Oh, we got a lot of dad beer texts we want to get to, too. Apparently, Sammy's uh, also a dad. Okay. So there you go. Dad beers. Yeah, right on. Um, Flames are off uh, tonight. They play the Blackhawks tomorrow. And with the Chris Tanev injury in the game against the Jackets on Monday, it got me thinking, who is the most important Calgary Flame on the current roster? And I know we're getting Flames for the past, and I appreciate uh, your, your effort. But who's the most important player on the current Flames roster? 
960960, name and location, your chance to win Nickelback tickets right now for June 25th down at the Dome. We're also taking your phone calls, 403-240-4444. Our Sportsnet 960, the fan text reading robot, Texty McTexterson, is ready to bust out some text. He's all stretched. Yeah. He's lubed up. There it is. Um, What do you got for us there, Texty? Let's kick it off. Dave in the hills of Panorama, big L-O-O-C-H, no question. Only player that can play up and down the lineup. Punches guys. Gets the crowd all warm and fuzzy. Pretty slick hair. Intimidates the enemies. What more could you want? Okay. One for Milan Lucic. Pretty slick hair. The heavyweight champ of the NHL. Yes, sir. Back to back. I'd I'd probably rack him again, as wins again. Like for you're him. trying to sell us. So yeah. Again, that that's a good start. That was good. There was solid start. Some points there that they were making. Uh, let's mix in one more from Texty, <laughs> and then we'll get to the phone Is he lines. The only player that can go up and down. What? No. Okay. Y'all, never mind. That's no. fine. Mike okay. from Northwest Calgary. Chris Tainetta because he's taking an extra long vacation like Ruzik. <laughs> <laughs> That's not bad. Hey, listen. It's not bad. Look You're a listener to the show. Listen, look at the show since George came back. They have been red hot. All he needs is all he needs. <laughs> I need, you know what? I'm getting a little all, tired. All he needs is a couple weeks off. Like how many come. how many shows in a row have I done now? I'm like the Cal Ripken of the show all okay, of a sudden. That's Easy. I'm like the Iron Man. Settle down. I'm like Kessel and Yandel That's rolled into one. Quite enough. Okay. Uh, let's get to the uh, oh, let's get to the phone lines here. Um, let's start with Jamie. Uh, Jamie, good morning. How are you? Good. How are you guys doing? Good. Uh, Jamie, who's the most important flame and why? Um, I would say Vladar this season, just because a he's got a sweet nickname. Okay. Without his points when Mark but a wild card. And I'll throw in that last year he gave my son a puck at one of the games. All right. Hang on the line, Jamie. Thank you. Like, I really wanted to hear Jamie's, but he cut out at certain spots. He just got something bad that he did again, or something? We, we, have, we have established this on this show earlier. Uh-huh. If you try to bring your children or mention your children on the air, yeah, that's going to get shot down. Doesn't move the it needle. It doesn't work for me. Nope. Like, Maddie and I are childless, (laughs) selfish individuals who don't. That doesn't work for us. No, it doesn't Doesn't work. The needle. We we did it once. We gave a prize. The kid came on the air. Like, we got to give you the prize because the kid was brave enough to come on the air. It was pretty good. Then we got a text that the kid wasn't even the son of the person who had called in. So it created a whole different thing. Yeah, please don't throw your kids in there. It's not going to get you a prize. It's just not. Good for Dan Vladar, though. Yeah. Throwing the pucks Darth to the Ladar kids. Vladar is That's a cool great. nickname. Yeah, There's yeah. no question about that. Yeah, 100%. All right, Texty, what else? Sorry, I'm Dave moving. in Calgary. Okay. Mikhail Backlund because he is out most consistent player every game. He plays PKPP and 5-on-5, five five, plays against the best line from the other team. On and off the ice, Backlund is our most complete Flames player. Okay. It's pretty good. This is what I was saying. Like when I mentioned earlier that you could probably pick anyone in the centerman, and we said Lindholm and Kadri, I would throw Michael Backlund right in there. Arguably, he's been one of the most consistent players all season long on the team. And what I've learned, so I've learned many things coming here to Calgary. Uh-huh. Uh huh. What I've also learned is he's like the fixer. If you're struggling, play with Backlund. Yeah, 
He'll fix you. Yeah, here's a couple of games playing on the left side of Michael, yeah. and all of a sudden things seem pretty simple. He's not the fixer. that hard. Yeah. He's like, you feel like he's like a henchman for the mob. He's the fixer. He's like He'll the, take care of problems. He's like the cleaner in Pulp Fiction. Right. Or like in John Wick. Yeah. Yeah, where yeah. they come to your house. Oh, yeah. Mr. Wick, good evening. And then they come and clean up Oh, it's up been all a while, Mr. Wick. Yeah, it has been a while. Um, 403-240-4444. 403-240-4444. Your chance to win Nickelback tickets for June 25th down at the Dome. Who's the most important flame and why? You got to sell us. And you'll get tickets. For that, um, Alex is getting another caller on the line. Why don't we mix in another from Texty uh, there, Patrick? Rick Norrie in Calgary. I believe Michael Backlund is the most important player. He takes all important face-off skills penalties plays on the second unit, power play, and is always counted on because of his consistent play throughout the year. His on and off ice commitment is felt by teammates and the community. He just does his job every day. Okay, that's that's a pretty damn good case right there. That's a good one. That's a well very thought out. well-crafted text message. I'm proud of our listeners. That's a very good one. Yeah. And like we talked about, I don't disagree. He's been the longest tenured flame. He, you know, that top penalty kill unit is largely Michael Backlund. And they've been great, like across the NHL. They got one yep. of the best PKs in the entire league. Uh, let's get back to the phone line. Sure. Um, let's go to Tyson. Tyson, good morning. How are you? Hey, doing good. And you? Good. Thanks for jumping on, pal. What are you up to this morning? Uh, just getting into the office here, man. Oh, that's fine. You? Grinding. You know, just hosting a radio show for another hour. They're going to go hammer a nap. Okay, there you go. Yeah. I don't, we, we, like, Maddie and I don't work like you guys do. You guys grind and actually have real jobs. Maddie and I really don't have real jobs. No, it's you fake. got my dream job, man. Come on now. Okay. You get to talk about the best team in the world. Okay. I would assume that's the Calgary Flames then? Oh, yeah. Come okay. on oh, now. All right. I know. I, I'm just poking after there, Tyson. Silly George. <laughs> all right, Tyson. What do you got for us here? Who's the most important Flame and why? You know what? This one came up a couple times here since I've been listening, and, and I lean towards Chris Tanev originally thinking he's an absolute warrior, but... Uh, our man Michael Backlund there, he's, he's been with the Flames for how long? Since he had spiky hair. Yep. He, uh, he, did. he absolutely yep. gives her in the dock. He shows up day in and day out. He leads by example. Um, he's an absolute legend in the community. That's our guy, Michael Backlund, the number one Swede in the NHL. Okay. Hang on the line, Tyson. Pretty strong from Tyson. I want to give him the tickets just for gives her in the dot. Yeah. That's... That's pretty good. I like that. If there yeah, he's more... good at taking face-offs, can you as think... in he gives her in the dock. Can you think of a more Canadian phrase than that? I don't know if an American hockey fan would know what you're talking about. No. Be like, what? <laughs> what what dog? Is that when the puck glows? <laughs> <laughs> he's got laser. <laughs> <laughs> Although I'm a fan of lasers in general. Especially uh, on sharks. Yeah. Let's get let's get to another one from Texty. What do you got for us, Texty? Matt in Calgary. Mike Stone. Many times in my life when I've wanted to quit, I thought to myself, if Stone can stick with it, so can I. <laughs> there you go. That's pretty good. Yeah, he's, he's not wrong. Like, I don't, it's but little... That feels like a backhanded compliment to Michael Stone, though. And I don't think that, like, that sounds like he's important to your life. Yeah. But I don't know if he's the most important 
playing. I'm always stressed. <laughs> like, but like that that comment was like, yeah, like if Michael Stone can keep grinding away, I should. Yeah, As no, that, like that's the like if he can do it. If he, <laughs> like like again, if you're if you're an aspiring like Tyson just said it's our dream job. Like if you're listening to me, you're like, if that idiot could do it, yeah. I could probably do this too. <laughs> so at least there's that. I hey, do like that one too. He keeps rolling out of bed and continuing to try. Um, you know, if my, he can. you know, my favorite part about doing this is like going from texty to the phone line is just watching Alex run back and Panic. forth behind yeah, the yeah, board because yeah, he's fun. doing such a great job. He's back like there. Michael Stone. I'm always he has, stressed. He is Michael Stone. Um, let's get back to the phone lines here, Alex. You ready? Let's get to Tim. Tim, good morning. How are you? Hey, how you doing this morning, guys? We're great, Tim. I like your energy right off the bat. I like energy. Well, now. My first question to you is, are you actually going to listen to my answer this time? Because I gave you a really good chirp on Johnny the other day about having hands like a digital clock. You kind of brushed me off. And then what does he do? He misses the net on a penalty shot. You know Great what? hands, Johnny. Tim, but anyway, anyway, Tim, Tim I, I appreciate that you're scolding me right now from you calling in the previous time. I'm going to say, I like, I could be I could be very petty, like Daryl Sutter style, and, like, look at your phone call from last week and go, here's your stats on how long you're on, but I'm not going to do that. I actually like the fact that you came on the air and you were chirping me right away. That, that, that scores a lot of points in my book. All right, what do you got? Now, on, okay. the, on, that, on that note, it's got to be Dylan Dubit. Okay, He's why? chirping everybody on the ice. Yep. The guy goes into the corners with no fear whatsoever, digs the puck out, puts it in the net, and he just looks like a warrior. That's our guy right there. That's the guy that's going to drive us. Okay, hang on the line, Tim. Like Tim's energy. Like that he came on and chirped me right away. I like that too. I appreciate that. I can appreciate that he thinks his better hands than a clock chirp was really good and deserved to win tickets. I can appreciate that as well. Yeah, that was an okay, like that's not a, it's not it, really original chirp. It was an average call, I would say. It was yeah, fine. It yeah. was fine. I, I, I can appreciate that. the energy today. Like I like that he came um, out and started to take some shots. I do like some of our uh, listeners are going like all time flame. I yeah. think you're missing the, like I meant like now on the current roster. Like, yeah, clearly <laughs> Lanny McDonald is like, like the, the godfather of the Calgary Flames. Joe Newendike, yeah. part of the Jerome McGinley trade, and yeah, also helped him win the cup, and then the got Jerome McGinley into this. Like, I get that. I get all of that. But I mean, on the current roster right now, let's get back to the phone lines here. Got a couple minutes here before the break here. Uh, Travis, good morning. What's up, Travis? Hi, how are you? Super, how are you? Doing good. Love the show, boys. Oh, so, thanks, pal. Uh, as far as I've heard, I haven't heard this name thrown out there yet. But you've just had a huge like roster change in the off season. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm a relatively new flame, and I've, I feel like I've watched quite a bit of games this year. This guy is like pure passion, grit, a lot of skill. He scored some beautiful goals this year. Why not Nazem Kadri? Okay, it's good. I, I don't think you can doubt the dude's passion. Guy's a Stanley Cup champion. I think he's been. Is it safe to say, Travis, that he's actually exceeded expectations in signing here in Calgary? Yeah, I would say so. I mean, even I don't know if you want to call, you're not going to contrast it with with QB, but uh, he's done he's done pretty awesome, I think, from what I've seen. I love the guys. Like you're talking about energy. That guy brings a lot of energy, even in interviews and stuff. He's so he's so good to listen to. So that's my take. Okay, I like it, Travis. Hang on the line. I think we got some strong callers today. There's been some strong ones. I think that if we've learned anything, it's that there's a lot of important pieces to this team, and it's Which not is a necess- positive. Not necessarily, and like we know about this group. There isn't a 97. There isn't a 34. You got to do this by committee. And uh, I think the point's being proven. Uh, let's uh, let's mix in another Texty McTexerson here before we get back to the phone lines. Oh, Texty, 
Brendan from Crossfield, 100% the glue of this team is Tana. The dude is a warrior, and while he doesn't get the same spotlight, or have the name recognition like Takachuk, but he quietly drags this team into the fight. Look at games without him, the compete is non-existent, and the defensive structure is awful. Okay. Listen. He's very important to the team. Yeah. He solidifies an already... It's, it's, not a, it's, not a, it's a good blue line. Yeah. But there's some points you look at and you say, okay, maybe there's some places that it could be improved. And when he's out there, everything just feels... Safer. Safer. Um, calmer. Ask, just, you want an example of how Chris Tanev is super important? Watch Mackenzie Winger in that game against the Jackets once he left injured. Woof. Like, there was pizzas. He was out of position. Yeah. Like, Tanev's the glue. He's a glue guy on this team. It It's kind of crazy, man. Like, the one guy who continues to impress me whenever he's asked to do a little bit more is Nikita Zadorov. Yeah. Like, he was up 25-ish minutes in that game and just continued to get better. And I think putting Uyghur back on the right side with where he's right-handed with Zadorov was a, a nice little patch fill for these two games before you hit the break, and, and hopefully Chris is ready after that, or, or maybe he's even ready for one of these games. We don't know. Uh, let's get to one more caller here. Uh, Raymond. Raymond, good morning. What's up? Hey, guys. Good morning. Uh, what do you got for us today? I don't think I've heard this name yet, but Elias Lindholm. Okay. He's, he's a fixture in the top six he's, since he's been here. He hasn't. He's missed like a handful of games his entire tenure. He leads the team in points. He's on the t- he's on the first line, first line power play, first line penalty kill. He plays it against the top six on the other teams, and he does it all for under five million a year. Great point, Raymond. That's a good point. One hey, hang more, on the line. Ooh, we got some good ones. One today. of the more sneaky underpaid players in the league. Um, Patrick, how many more? Going to expire soon. Sorry, Patrick. How many more Texty McTextersons you got? I had three. Do you want to fire them off rapid fire here before we go? Yeah, let's go. Well, okay, let's do it. Robin Airdrie, L-O-O-C-H, is the most important player. He makes everyone taller and tougher, and if he ever loses a fight, this team is completely hooped. Plus, he's the most <laughs> handsome dog on the team. Oh. Combine all that together, and he's the man. If you want to be the man, you got to beat the man. Zach in Calgary, Anderson would be my pick. Mm. Best right-hand shot defense Emin we have. Guy can play all situations, wish they would play him more. <laughs> Energizer bunny out there and seems like a good guy in the room. The fact he makes four mil a year is a huge win as well. Dwayne in Calgary, Nazim Kadri, leader on the ice, scores with Dubey or Cheech on his line. You can see the intensity just looking at the guy which is what most of the team is lacking. Okay. Now, I, I usually like to defer to you mm-hmm. when we give away the tickets. Yeah. Is there something that, that that really caught your attention on the text line today? On the text line? I think it's a phone call day. I think it's a phone call day. Now, I liked what... Uh, I liked Tim. He brought the energy and chirped me. That, that got me bonus points. Currently my clubhouse leader. Really? I kind of I like... I kind of like Travis and Raymond. Listen, Tyson I, was good, too. I, I thought the callers were the best we've had all week. Yeah, oh, no. Yeah, and again, we got a text. We need more cringe on the phone line. We didn't get cringe at all on the phone line No, today. everyone brought Very their best. callers. And I don't know. I just kind of like the idea of coming in and 
firing a couple shots you early. I just like that confidence uh, because it's not always there. You and I are at a at a uh, at an impasse. We're at a crossroads right here. Uh oh. I think Patrick Dumas is going to have to break the tie. Uh oh. Who did you like on the phone line, Patrick? And uh, and it's not really fair to you because you're trying to hammer these texty McTexters and things. Was yeah, it Tyler? There's no Tyler. Or Travis? You want Travis? Was it Travis? All right, put Travis on. Alex, immediately! <laughs> Damn it! I need, I need it now! <laughs> hey, Travis. Hello. Hey. Hey. Hello. You got any plans on June 25th? Uh, I can make some. Yeah, you're going what, to see Nickelback, pal. Congratulations. You're going to burn it down, brother. Oh, wow. Sweet. Look at this photograph. Hang on the line. Uh, that handsome devil, Alex Brody, is going to get your deets, okay? Hell yes. Thanks. Okay. Congratulations, Travis. There you go. Well, well, we just cut him off. Cut him okay. off there. So all right. Th- thanks for all your texts. Uh, great job today on the text line, everybody. Great job texting McTexerson. And keep those best dad beers rolling in, 960-960, name and location. Brendan Parker from Flames TV, straight ahead. Sam Cosentino from the Top Prospects game. We'll do that in the 8 o'clock hour. It's the big show. Russick and Rose, Sportsnet 960, The Fan.